You know, rhythm passing has been something that's been an element of play for us for, for a number of years, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he's good in that area. We're good in that area. Um, there's very little negativity in the plays in terms of uh, negative loss plays, sacks, and so forth. Um, that's nothing new for us, to be quite honest with you. Welcome to the locker room. He's Wolf Umtunch, and uh, uh, we are having a great day. We're celebrating yeah. all the great maintenance workers, the snowplow drivers, yeah. the people that make it go in this city yeah. and the surrounding township. But I woke up this morning, and you saw all that fabulous snow. Yeah. But fabulous snow means that there's a lot of clogination going out on the roads, slippery roads and what have you. And I just uh, tip of the cap to all you People that, uh, to all you great, hardworking folks that go out there and get it done overnight yeah, and they, through the morning and the they, day. They were They're fabulous. Uh, they were doing it all night. That's unbelievable. I mean, it's just, that's got to be, I don't know, I would think that's got to be very hard. Yeah. You know, at the crack of dawn or through, all through the night long, and these guys are working hard. So we celebrate you and thank you for all you do. That's yeah. uh, absolutely fabulous. Thank you for all you do. Yeah. Amen. All right. How are you, my friend? I'm, uh, I'm good. I, you know, I want to talk about the running game. Okay. You want to talk about about the running game you, you know let's talk about the running game uh, shall we you know uh james connor benny smell anthony mcfarland jalen samuels is their uh, uh running backs right right they and, are the running backs yeah and uh james connor what about james connor uh, you know i i i i like james connor and i uh you know he is uh, determined and he is focused and he is intense. He is very much that. Yeah. Um, you know, you, when you see him train, when you see him practice, when you see him uh, do whatever that is that he is about to put his effort to, he gives it max effort in all ways. Right. And you got to respect that as a player and as a former player. Yeah. You know, I, I think, do you think he enjoys Derek Watt being a fullback? I think he would excel. Ah, well, I think he excels, <laughs> you know, given, given a normal everything going on offense and everybody's healthy, I think that he, no doubt he excels as an NFL running back. That's a stupid comment by me, but stay tuned because I'm always f- able to go even deeper into stupidity. Right, right. But the fact is, with uh, Derek Watt in front of him, I think that would heighten some of his ability to be able to, you know, run the ball. Yeah. I mean... Let's face it, when you have a fullback in front of you and the guy is five yards in front and kicks somebody out or he digs somebody out in the second level, it adds to the ability of the running back to be able to cut off it. And I think, you know, you watch, as I said, you watch the Ravens, you watch the Browns. Um, They were able to use a fullback and and be able to use the H-back concept because an H-back is nothing but a fullback set aside, basically. And, you know. uh, and right. yeah, and and I just I, I would love to be able to use it as a uh, changeup and increase the opportunities for the running game to you know uh, get, gain some traction. I I uh, I focused on Derek Watt being a fullback, but Danny Smith focused on on him and on a special teams right. uh, performer, and you know he has a lot of enthusiasm and energy. Right, and Danny is salivating what he can do. With Derek Watt, uh, Steelers got his blood pumping. He is special. Just uh, 
Uh, as it said, Danny Smith, uh, he's uh, he's a great player. Well, there's no doubt about it, Chalooch. And I look at uh, the fact that his contributions on the special teams, he's a core four guy. Yeah. I mean, you got him in all facets of it. He's just like my brother Ronnie. Yeah. Remember Ronnie? Ronnie was a four-time core four performer, uh, a pro bowler, a fullback for the Arizona Cardinals and uh, later on for – uh, well, the Cleveland Browns for right. one year, you know, but well, I forgive him for that one. And, uh, you know, I mean, Belichick those... <laughs> cut him. Bel- Belichick cut him. To this day, I cannot, I, I, I have to hate on Bill Belichick. He cut my brother in Cleveland. So, um, you know, the, really, when I look at this, I think that Derek Watt has substantial contributions given to the special teams, no doubt about it. But he's also capable, I think, of being able to help out in the offense some. Yeah. And it was interesting to me that Ben talked about yesterday in one of his Zoom calls, you know, the post-Zoom, right. what he talked about. They said, would you be, uh, you know, amenable to going under center? He said, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Talking about, yeah, going under center a little bit more, being able to do a little bit more with play action, hide the ball a little bit. Uh, make things not so obvious in the you know as a shotgun handoff that right. sort of thing. Yeah, Mike uh, Mike Tomlin says every team needs a what, and two is better than one. No question. And, uh, he has functional fullback skills, but we don't use them uh, for a fullback. Well, that's the problem, and we've heard uh, for a long time now that because of the off season being all mangled up because of the COVID, and that the training camp wasn't what it should have been, that they weren't able to package in some of the offense that they wanted to. I would think that by this period of time, you would be able to put in a package of fullback-oriented offense, something that might come out and start punching in the mouth a little bit, and then you go to something else. Right. What did – one of, the, one of the things I always remember about Belichick a couple of years ago, even with Brady and doing the short passing game, yeah. else, what did he do when he got to the playoffs? He came out punching with a fullback-oriented right, offense right. And, think, and had some very good success with it. And I still believe that there is a place for it. You saw it on Monday night. You know, when you're in the shotgun and you, you hand off to the back, the back's right beside you. and He's got to take off from right. a rather slow start. But here's the other thing about it is that there's no deception at a deception in it for the Steelers because Ben's not going to run with it. Right. You see it works with Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, they run the counter trap. They option off it and he follows the line up into the the middle of the uh, of I'm sorry, a tackle and a trailer up into the middle of the offense, right? But you're not going to get that in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, in my mind, um there, there's some things that you need to do out of under center more than you're doing right now, and one of it's going to be the play action. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the play, play action and uh, uh, counter trap pass and, uh, you know. Well, remember back in the day how we loved play action. Right. Now, understand, we had a high-voltage running game. Okay, we went after people. Now, it wasn't always successful, no, but, I mean, it was a high part of our offense was the trapping game, then the play-action pass, all those things, right? And one of the things I loved was, you know, those guys would – when you gave them the run look, you know, right. I'm coming off, they knew you're coming off, and, and, and they would meet you with that run, you know, run defense type of, of uh, body demeanor, you right. know, a defensive lineman. So you could smack them and you go right after them, and, and all of a sudden after about – 
two seconds, he finds out three seconds. Oh, wait a minute, this is a pass. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but that's the way to to run to run a play action. Yeah, and trap pass was uh, uh, our favorite play. Oh, we love the trap the, the the play action trap pass. Yeah, I lo- I love pulling down the line and yeah. coming down, and you see that end end man on the line, and he was just looking right at you. All right, he knows. All right, this is this is a trap. Did you get him all the time? I uh, most of the time. <laughs> I, I can't say 100% of the time. I remember, let's see, I remember breaking my face mask and helmet against Kansas City on a, on a, on a trap. I remember, I, I, I don't know who the outside linebacker was. I pulled down the line, and we collided. It was just fierce. I came off, and my whole cage was loose and almost fought, fell off. I gave it to Parisi. I go, man, I told, I told Webby, he said, man, I must have smacked him good. He goes, or he smacked you good. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, my. It seems like my face mask was the one that was broken. So, um, but you know, those type of plays, I love those because right. they give the quarterback that ability to be able to. You know, I, I laughingly refer to the two ball, but you know, the ability to be able to throw that ball over the middle with those linebackers right. sucked up, and, and the, they suck up. Uh, they do. When, you know, when when you uh, play fake, uh, run. Uh, they suck up. They do, and so and you can do that, given the fact that when you come off and give that that run blocking read to that defensive lineman over you, he's going to honor that, you yeah. know, and he's going to fight you on that run blocking type of of uh, demeanor. You know, you get in there and you boom, 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 and you're you know you're trying to hunker down dog against the run, and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, two three seconds later, when he finds out it's a play action pass. You know, you already got into the guy. You're, you know, you've already been able to make that bridge, that connection into him, and now it's just phone booth fighting. You know, uh, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you is when uh, Ronnie was uh, a perennial uh, Pro Bowler right. on special teams. Did he play fullback a lot? Oh yeah, yeah, he played fullback a ton. You remember how we'd come in and uh, you know one of the coaches who'd been watching film. And they go, hey Wolf, come here. Let me let me show you what your brother does. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go in, and, and you know they'd show a clip of Ronnie blowing up right. somebody. You know, and that's just the way it was. The back then, fullbacks were uh, they didn't squat in the hole. You know, they ran downhill and they took off a one foot and exploded into guys and dug right. them out. Yeah. But it wasn't like running up today, and even even Picard from from. Uh, you know, from the Ravens. Now and then, he'll just squat and shield a guy. Yeah. You know, and he's so big and strong. Ricard. Yeah, Patrick Ricard. Yeah, but you pre- you said Ricard. No, no, Patrick Ricard. Right. Or Ricard is what I was saying. Yeah. Re- regardless, if I said Ricard, I don't care. His name is Ricard. Jean Patrick Ricard, like on, on Star Trek, whatever it is. The point is, uh, he he takes off and he, you know, uh, will come off and move people. And that's what you want. You got an extra blocker, and you can use it. Yeah. And at the other, at the same time, too, I think that uh, Derek Watt probably has got some offensive skills that we've not seen yet. Yeah. He, you know, he, Ronnie was good for a couple pass catches a year. Right. And Ronnie, Ronnie would tell you. He says, "I'm the type of back that if if you need two yards, I'll get you two yards. If you need four yards, I'll get you, you two, two yards." yards. <laughs> so you know, um, do you think Benny Snell? Uh, is uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, what do you I, think about Benny? Yeah, I'm not sure about Benny. 
you see good things from him, and then you know, and how much of that can you say without the line not yeah. blocking stuff like that? One of the things that I do believe is he has trouble with the trapping game in this sense. Right. Uh, too often, I have seen him when the, when the guard gives you that log read, he hits it behind him. Right. And it's like when a log read taking a guy on the outside end man on the line with your inside shoulder, that to me is a clue to for the back. You follow the guard around. Right. Okay. And if you kick him out, then you run up inside. Right. And somehow it's not been happening. That's why I like James when they run the counter trap and some of the other stuff, the other traps, because he seems to find the crease. He's got a natural GPS crease finder, if you will. Right, 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 right. So that's what I think that, you know, separates the two there in so my mind. So do you think Anthony McFarland uh, is looking good? Um. I don't think he's had enough opportunity to explore yeah, yeah. what he needs to do. But I will also say this. There's not been a lot of checkdowns to the backs that much. Yeah. I mean, James is capable of catching the ball more. When and when Anthony McFarland gets the ball, he's running full, he's running full out, and he falls down. Well, you know, sometimes you lose gription. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he can over-griptionate himself. He, he falls down. Well, the thing about it is he's a very talented individual, but I don't think that he's been able to really play, put enough reps back to back to back to be able to find a groove. I think in my mind I would find it very hard if uh, I was in there for six to nine reps right. and you don't get a feel for the game. Yeah. You know, that's hard. That's yeah. very hard. There's a rhythm that occurs through the game when you're in there, and you got to f- make sure that you're a part of that rhythm. And if you're not, it's like it's you have to waste reps trying to find what's going on. Yeah. I, you know, I, one thing that I know about Benny Snell is he he's good in straight plays. Yeah, I think he's he good runs on inside zone. Yeah, he's good I on think he's, dive. Well, he's got some good ham hock power. I think yeah. he's got the ability to run behind his pads a little bit and bang away. I think he's got the ability to bounce things a little bit now and then. You'll watch him. He's capable of doing that. He doesn't have Anthony McFarland's speed, nor does I think yeah. he runs the, the traps very well. But the, the th- he's got qualities that are excellent. Right, right, you right. You know, so... All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. adjust drastically um there are plays to be had uh, that we're not making um i think a lot of it i should say a lot of i think some of it stems from physicality um you know i I just don't think um we're being as physical as we should be and need to be all the time um and so i think that's something you know something that we've always take uh, took pride in right is the pittsburgh steelers and being physical um and, and coming out and i'm not it's not 
physicality isn't just about the line. You know, I think people just think that that's where it is, but really it's about, you know, picking up blitzes. It's about getting the tough yards. It's about blocking, um, you know, on the perimeter, things like that. So um, th there's a lot of things that involve. Sometimes physicality is mental too. You have to be mentally tough. And so all those things combined, um, I think can, can hopefully turn this thing around and, and we can hit the plays that are, are there to be had. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. We're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And uh, what do you make of that, Chalooch? Yeah, you know, I think um, when they're pass blocking, they have to punch hard. Right and uh, they have to, uh, uh, you know, when they jump, when the defensive linemen jump up, you have to donk them. No uh, doubt about yeah. it. But let me ask you something. You know, he he said physicality is more than just the line. Right. What do you think that means? No, I you know I think it's uh, it's the offensive line. Well, I know that they're talking about the offensive line, and if you go over and Cam Hayward was talking about it also, there's yeah. more. Though, let, me, let me give you some for instances, okay? How about the perimeter blocking? Mike Tomlin references to Right. And that's important. That's a physicality aspect that I, sometimes I don't think is addressed enough. You know, there's some guys that, uh, you know, they have stock blocking, right? That's where you start to go after a guy in the open field. Right. And some guys tend to stock more than they tend to block. Right. Van, Vance <laughs> McDonald is uh, He's excellent. Per, yeah, right. perimeter blocking. Right. And – Eric Ebron, for all his great pass catching at times, he's got some issues he's, with his blocking. He's got right. to work on. That started back in training camp when they were hitting the sled. You remember? And yeah, yeah. He was a little surprised by that. Right. All right, but you've got perimeter blocking. You've got the wide receivers doing the stock blocking, that sort of thing. Ben's talking about the fact, and Mike has referenced the fact, that that's, that uh, perimeter blocking is big because that's how you break longer runs. Yeah. Now, you also talked about some, and he, I thought it was interesting when he referenced Stefan Diggs, that being Mike, talked about the, physical, the physicality and the physical nature of play of Stefan Diggs. Right, you know, but he's, uh, he's downfield getting blocks. Well, not only that, it's in the pass running. Yeah. You know, the bumping and grinding and rubbing and all that stuff that goes on at the top of the route before yeah. the break. There's a lot of that sort of little veteran, how do you put it, little veteran hand-to-hand -hand fighting that goes yes, on. Yes, yes, right? yes. Uh, so a little more physicality. Push. Yes, a little the push. Of the push, the push, push off, all those Not things. Not like an animal. Not like you can't. You got to be subtle about it, yeah. right? So I think he's referencing that. He's talking about defensive line as well, the physicality of the defensive line and making sure that they're getting the hands inside in the lockout. Yeah. The, the Cam Hayward. You know, the linebackers coming downhill and getting the big bang. Um, Marcus Allen and and uh, Avery Williamson did some really fine work. Yeah, they're... they're, but, they're but there, there's also not the Vince Williams tackles for loss that showed right. up. Yeah, you know, in the sense of that that same sort of downhill bang, a little more physicality there, maybe. Uh, the possibility, like Minka Fitzpatrick wrapping up when Stephon Diggs yeah. comes over the middle and he bounces off. You know, yeah. and look, I, I get it. You're not going to be perfect the whole time, and I'm not trying to point out Minka's deficiencies. That's just a play. And he makes so many spectacular plays that, you know, you understand there's there's always, for every one of us that, that ever got out on the field, yeah. there's always the opportunity and always the ability to get better play by play. So 
And talking about physicality, I thought it was interesting how Mike had referenced and Ben had referenced because when Mike speaks, he speaks to the players. Right. When the, when the leaders of the offense, leaders of the defense, Cam Hayward, Ben Roethlisberger, when they pick up the message, it's the echo chamber to the rest of the guys. And I think physicality in different aspects are going to be huge as we move forward. There's no doubt in my mind Chuck was absolutely – uh, how do I put it? Um, he was he was all about the physicality. Right. If he we was lost any of those physical. Right. If we lost any of those back physical to the, battles, back to basics. It was it was just a bad bad time yeah. coming up that week. So I think that a return to a physical nature of play or an emphasis upon it, and you know how it is when you get the big bang in the meeting room and the boys go, ooh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You want to be part of that, right? And you right, want right. you know, and it's one of those things that. Um, starts with just one or two people, and it just grows like wildfire. So look for that. I look for that this weekend. This is a great time uh, this Monday night against Cincinnati Bengals to go in there and return to that physical style of play. Do you think we're gonna? Uh, do you think Ben's gonna be under center more uh, this week than uh, I'm past hoping weeks? so? He yeah. talked about it. He yeah. referenced that in one of the interviews. He talked about getting. Uh, you know, underneath center and being able to uh, right. run uh, more plays from that, and it, and that there was it kind of expands the ability to do some more things like play action, also the fullback, things of that nature, and also and and besides that, the physical the physicality also exists to the wide receivers and backs to run behind their pads, run hard, be able to get that extra yard, not run out of bounds, and the other thing is. Run your patterns hard. That would be even when you're not going to get the ball or even when you're way down in the progression yeah. or it's a run play, yeah. still run your pattern. If you're running it off, you're trying to run off some of the secondary gates, you got to run hard. Yeah, but, and that's a physical, a physicality and, aspect. Uh, uh, and the, the fullback, uh, Derek Watt, is going to be physical. He'll yeah, be you, very physical. You you got you got to uh, and that can ignite a whole offense. That yeah. big bangs, especially in the second level, can right. ignite an offense. Right. And I I look forward to that. I think that it could be a, a possibility that he could do some good things in that area. And if you had um, I don't know maybe a fullback screen, maybe you have uh, you know a couple passes to him in the flat, something that uh, increased the defense's uh, you know eyesight towards you. You know what I mean? You take a look. Oh, we got the fullback. You got to make sure that you account for him. You know, I I, I uh, prefer uh, screens to the uh, James Conner. No and, question. Uh, and uh, but I still think it's it's anything's possible. Yeah. You know, what I mean, to me, it's about kind of trying to create a little extra traction. Yeah. And get going here as we head toward the playoffs. You know, the good thing about it, and Ben uh, referenced this uh, yesterday, I believe it was, or the day before when he said, you know, the good thing is we're, we're already assured of postseason. Right. Now we've got three games yeah. to kind of straighten this thing out and get going. Yeah. He said it would be a little bit harder if the postseason started tomorrow. It might be a little more sense of panic setting in if we didn't have that. But the fact is we've got the ability to be able to uh, do something about this and over the next three weeks, and get straightened around before we head into the postseason. So I thought that was great. You know, Ohio is bringing twelve thousand fans in. What's that? Ohio brings oh, you, twelve thousand. Cincinnati, 000 they fans. can have twelve thousand yeah, fans in Cleveland. Paul Brown Cleveland. Oh no, I'm did, sorry. What's it? In, Cleveland did uh, twelve thousand. Did they? Yeah. So Cincinnati. What's what's the stadium in Cincinnati called? I forgot. 
It's a factory of sadness, Paul Brown in Cleveland. Yeah. The, the, the Cleveland's factory, factory of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not so much a factory of sadness this year. Yeah. This year, uh, it has been, um, it's undergone a, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know, a rebirth, if you will. Well, but if they can have 12,000 fans in Cincinnati, I wouldn't be surprised if 6,000 of them were Steelers fans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, with the, uh, when uh, we were in Ravens, uh, there were so many Cleveland uh, Steeler fans. Say it again. When we were in Ravens, Steeler right? Fans. There was a lot of Steelers yeah, fans yeah. in Ravens. Okay. Now here's the thing. Um, when you hear Ben say, let me ask you this: When you hear Ben say, "My arm feels good," what what's that? What's that telling you? Yeah, his arm feels good. Could we just yeah take him at his word? Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people now where I'm hearing where a lot of uh, people are saying, well, his diminished skills and he's not able to throw the long ball anymore. You can He can still throw the long ball. Right. His arm still feels good. I get it. I think he's still very capable uh, about it. I've, I've watched him when we were down watching him on the south side throwing right. the ball. You saw him zing one in. That one in the juju, that was about a 25-yarder with right. the, you know, the distance he covered in the end zone. Um, I, he still put the, some smoke on that thing. Yeah. Uh, you look at some of those 15-yard outs that he throws. That thing is a frozen rope. Yeah. It doesn't drift out there. Yeah. It's not like – to me, I guess, it's not like you're, you're looking at Peyton Manning in his last year. You right. know, when Peyton couldn't throw the, the ball hard at all, couldn't yeah. put no zing on it uh, when he was with Denver. Um, to me, uh, Ben still got very capable of throwing that ball, and I think his arm looks – it looks fine. That one in Buffalo, I still wonder, uh, even though James Washington got out, fought for the ball, and it hung up, and it was not a good throw, um, in my mind also, I'm wondering how much the wind played a problem with uh, that ball. Is it, is it uh, you know, was, has Ben launched it? Yeah. You know? So those are just some ben, of my thoughts. Ben, uh, you know, and Ben is throwing in uh, small uh, windows. windows yeah. yeah. I mean, that one, again. In Buffalo, you just look at that thing. That thing had that thing was smoking, right? You know, and that was a closing window that he yeah. was able to jam it into. Yeah, we saw him do it in Tennessee. We've seen him do it throughout the year. Um, you know, I, I, I think Ben is going to get hot. I, I got a feeling he's about to ready to uh, hit the switch, and things right. will change a little bit. Um, I'm hoping again, and again, um, this is just me because I'm uh, a dinosaur. Uh, you are too. Yeah. You know? uh, I hope the running game comes back, though, yeah. because the running game to me is something that has always set this franchise uh, apart, the physical nature of play of the running game, of the defense, and it's always been something that uh, I think when you thought, when you think about the Steelers, when you talk about the Steelers, that's what always kind of yeah. jumps out at you. And when Ben uh, said his knees – his knees are uh, okay. I think he's fine. Yeah. You know, it's like he said, I'm 38, playing, playing 17 years, got some arthritis. I banged my knee a few weeks ago. Well, you bang your knee, the knee hurts a little bit. But, yeah. you know, the thing about it is, and what people don't understand, there's a beautiful thing called adrenaline. Yeah. And it really overrides a lot of the sensory uh, problems Feel that you bad. might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the pain and everything else. I'm heightened. Well, you know what? A little I'm bit heightened. of adrenaline, it takes care of it. Yeah. No problem. So, all right, we got to go to break. Uh, guess who's coming up? Right, uh, the Cool Breeze. The Cool Breeze, Jerry Dulac. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back with uh, cool breeze. Jerry Dulac.
you know, I, I thought he responded appropriately. He didn't pout, uh, and he waited for his next opportunity. And when his next opportunity came, he was he was productive. And so we'll move forward. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. So sometimes you got to bench a guy. Sometimes. Because, yeah, yeah, because... Uh, uh, How many times did I get benched in Miami that night? Uh, three, three times. times? Yeah. Three times. Three times. That You think three times is the charm, but <laughs> it was no charm. That was that was in. I was out. I was in. I, was, I remember going home, and the next day, my mom, because she said to me, honey, what happened? I saw you were in, then you were out, then you were in. <laughs> uh, you know, we had a few issues there, Hoopy. <laughs> when I, you know, I, I got benched uh, a couple times, and uh, this uh, when we played the Cincinnati Bengals in year two. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, you, you and, have it, and and, and you, you will have those and, moments. And you know, Raleigh Dodge, uh, when he hated a player, and you played bad against right. the player, <laughs> then he, he hated you. <laughs> and so Mike St. Clair, uh, you know, he said, uh, uh, you know, I, I played badly against him. And he started yelling at me and said, you know, you, you played well last week <laughs> against John Matuzek. Now you're stinking against uh, Mike St. Clair. Yeah. He, you know, <laughs> Harrell Jackson. Yeah. I missed him on the run through. <laughs> I thought he was going to make me walk home from Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> he was—he almost met me at the numbers, screaming right. at me. Yeah. I told you how many times I got to tell you. Watch the run through. Yeah. Well, you know he was a little late, Rob. <laughs> so you have those things. Well, speaking of getting benched, Jerry Dulac, uh, the cool breeze, is benched for uh, today. Yeah. We had—he has some circumstances he had to attend to. Yeah. So we will just bypass that and we'll move on. But one of the things that you understand, and this is important. Deontay Johnson responded. Right. That's big. Right. That's very big. You know, Mike talked about it and pointed out, and Ben talked about the fact that he talked to him yeah. at the end of the half. And it's one of those things where you got to get a young guy's attention. You got to let him sit down, watch a little bit, and kind of marinate right. in what you're doing. Right, right, and right. And then if the guy responds appropriately, it's about, it's like pulling your, your, your inner psyche together and and collectively deciding okay you know uh i'm gonna get it done right right and mentally you start to put yourself in the proper frame of mind to go out there and it's a reset right and if you do it correctly yeah things go well and it went well for yeah. deontay and he yeah. didn't pout because a lot of guys will just go into the tank right right right. Now, i right, could have right. pouted any of the three times that chuck benched me yeah, on, I, on uh, thursday night football i could have potted um, you know, w- one thing, uh, the, uh, when we were watching cutoffs, uh, cutups in, uh, uh, in training camp, uh, Raleigh Dodge was yelling at me, uh, for Mike. For <laughs> you you weren't the Claire. only one. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, I was stretching and he, and, and, you know, he was l- leaning over me and he said, I got, I got one name to give you. Mike St. Clair, and I said, uh, Raleigh, uh, next time I'll, I'll 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 get him. And he said, You might not have a next time. <laughs> it was always that reminder that yeah. you know what you can be a here today, gone today type of uh, proposition. Yeah, that's what pro football was back in our day. All right, so who do we got on the phones, Chaluch? Uh, Cr in Chicago. Cr, welcome to the locker room, brother. 
Hey, good morning, you two old folks. You're all still in Chicago. How the heck is everybody doing this morning? Our usual fabulous. Our usual. You got any snow out in Chicago? Uh, no, and we and we cut off all FedEx trucks and all UPS trucks because we don't want it out this way. <laughs> <laughs> you think that brings the snow to you, my friend? Because I'll tell you what, we got some huge snow right, last night. Right, that was right. great. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, uh, great for the game Sunday if it continues because uh, you know, you know, I I got so much to say and I don't want to take up a lot of time. All right, so but let's get to it. No. Hey, when I see that snow out there that, that I see on the pictures about about uh, what's going on there, the first thing that comes to my mind is Jerome Bettis running over airlocker. Oh, uh, that was a great moment. No right. doubt yeah. about it. He made er, 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 he made Erlocker uh, look like a uh, sound like Jimmy Crenn yeah, doing yeah, uh, yeah 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 doing a uh, uh, who was that? It was um he had, had an invitation Brian Erlocker. Erlocker. Uh, I don't know that. I miss I miss Jimmy. Anyhow, yeah. all right. What do you it, got? It, it's one of the, it's one of the all time favorite shots, especially when they slow it down in slow motion. Man, it's a classic. Um, well, you know, I got to give a shout out to our inside the locker room, Baker's Dirty Dozen Plus. Uh, hey, man, we up to um, eighty six people now, man. So I'm I'm excited about that. Heinz Ward's and, number. Uh, huh? Heinz Ward's number. Eighty six. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and they need to get they need to do some high sword work this weekend on the field. In the meantime, uh, uh, to the people out there, hey, don't forget to uh, download the iHeartRadio app, uh, download the SNR app, download the Inner Locker Room app, and then call the guys at four one two nine one nine one three one six. Hey man, it's um it's exciting. I'm out, everything I was going to say, you guys already talked about it about about the game, about being physical, about three games left. Uh, being already locked in uh, to the to the playoffs, there's no urgency from that perspective. And it is, in my opinion, and agreeing with you guys, a good opportunity to just practice some some ground game, man. Uh, they used to have this, this these commercials on television called uh, the FedEx Ground Person of the Week and the FedEx, uh, you know, uh, Passer of the Week or whatever, Air of the Week. And I think we need to put a, a, a program out there so we can be on the cover page of the FedEx Ground ground game this week. What do you think? Well, I think however you want to get on whatever cover, a ground game is a necessity. Yes. I think a return to the physical style of play that uh, you know people have been talking about, and Mike Tomlin is acknowledging, and Ben Roethlisberger is acknowledging, and Cam Hayward is acknowledging. I think uh, I think Cincinnati is a nice turning point yes, in the ability yes. to be able to turn yes. things around. Yes, and Rich Eisman said Brian Urlacher. <laughs> Rich Eisman, right? Rich Eisman. No, Rich. that was that was Jimmy Crenn doing. No, uh, no. Jim, yeah, he did the mall guard. Yeah, J- J- Jimmy. Uh, it was. J- I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Rich Eisman. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I've been I've been going through this thing with you guys for about five years now, and it never gets old, man. It's just so much fun to hear you guys talk. We gotta get. We gotta get. <laughs> You got to have uh, who is it? Ben, what's his name? Mallgard. Yeah. He used to do that imitation right. all the time. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, well, I, you know what? Uh, I miss Jimmy. What can I say? Yeah. All right, yeah, Rich Eisman. Rich, who who likes Rich, Rich Eisman? Rich Eisman. Uh, I know ESPN. Did, yeah, he did the uh, Brian. I don't Erlacher. remember that. Yeah, uh, it's got better. So, you got a better memory than me. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the guys calling in. Uh, they give up so much information, man. And uh, 
that last guy that was talking uh, uh, last uh, uh, yesterday, where he said he was a coach, uh, a small-time coach, but he gave a lot of good information, and, and this is all great. So, hey, guys, I got nothing else to say because you guys said everything. So, uh, again, I believe we're going to win. I think it is a, a, a opportunity to practice what we preach and then put it into effect. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, to be sarcastic, it's kind of like a scrimmage game. All we got to do is just go out there and, and make it work. And then I just, I would also believe that by the third quarter, everybody in the third quarter should be second, third string players just to get their practice. So, hey, with that being said, I got to say my motto in this house, we are diehard fans. In this house, we are very passionate. In this house, we are still a nation. In this house, we're family. So, in the meantime, and in COVID-19 between time, at 11 and 2, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Right. All right. Thank you, CR. Yeah. Who do we got? Uh, how much time we got left? for? One, one minute. One, one minute? Okay. We don't have enough time. Sorry about that. So, we got to move along. Well, stay tuned because as long as we don't have them uh, – not showing up. That would be Jeff Hardings is coming on at 11. Uh, Jeff Hardings is Jeff coming Hardings. on? Yeah. Jeff Hardings is coming on. Today's Thursday, right? Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. Thursday at 11. Yeah, because Friday at 11 is a big G. So hopefully we'll have Jeff Hardings showing up here, and uh, we will be back with more after this. Right. Yeah, yeah, he, he, Boy, we t- have four minutes. When you went like that, that didn't mean we, one, huh? Did he, oh, we had four minutes. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying one. When you went like that, I thought it went one. My apologies. Yeah. Well, we got Jeff Harding's coming up at eleven, and uh, you know what? That I'm looking forward to that because here's one of the things I want to ask him. I had a conversation with him on the bus on the way over to a game before a game, and we were talking about the difference why they were able to run the ball so well. Of course, it was with Bussy at that time running up to uh, Detroit in the Super Bowl. But he talked about the simplification of the running game and how important it became that they ran it over and over against every look and that they were able to run it very, very well based on whatever defense they threw at them because they simplified the running game. So I wonder if there will be a simplification. That's one of the things I want to ask Jeff. Yeah, you know, when uh, he was Detroit – when he was with Detroit, I worked with him. Yeah. 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 That was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, because we're all old men now. Even yeah, yeah. Jeff is. <laughs> yeah, and, and Bobby Ross uh, asked me, uh, offered me a job. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So the thing about it is, and uh, is, is we, um, you know, when we talk about the running game and the importance of it, and how um, I think that uh, you've got to be able to simplify it against the multiple yes. defensive fronts you, you're approaching here. One of the things that I, I really love is the fact that if you can get any sort of guard, fullback, 34 lead C, we saw that by Baltimore right. against the Browns Monday night, that type of action can be huge on some of the smaller hybrid linebackers that are in some of the sub-packages. Yeah. And so um, you know, I, I hope and hope and pray that they're able – to be able to uh, supplant some of this running game with some uh, some well, I'm hoping fullback oriented offense. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're that uh, Derek Watt is digging guys out, and well, I, I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Well, yeah, I know. Now the problem is is Randy Feetner. Yeah, <laughs> is Mike Tomlin. You know, I mean, those are the issues that uh, we're talking about there. But you know. Again, the physicality, the style of play that uh, the Steelers have to undergo and have to be able to, um, you know, uh, 
show up in Cincinnati and be able to to get after it. I think, I believe. Did you watch any Cincinnati film yeah, yet? You know, uh, did no. you watch? Okay, yeah, Bruce Arians. Uh, when Bruce Arians was uh, offensive coordinator for the Steelers, he didn't like a fullback. No, he wanted two tight ends. Right, but but the point. I'm talking about in Cincinnati. Was I was watching them. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that are missing, and one of the guys missing we just found out today was Geno Atkins. Yeah, Geno Atkins obviously was a guy who was battling a shoulder issue from training camp. Um, had a, a guy that's got 75 career sacks. He's got no sacks this yeah. year. Watching him on tape, you knew that something was wrong. Well, you saw now what was wrong. He had that shoulder. They put him down on IR, so he's down for the year. Yeah, but there's a lot of a lot of guys that. Um, the the, the 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 Cincinnati Bengals aren't what they used to be. No, the, this is the problem with me. Uh, I'm sorry for me is that when I I look at them, you almost want to go, "Oh, this is this is a done deal." You yeah. got to be careful of that. Yeah, Carlos Dunlop is uh, well, he's gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just looking at the Bengals, they look like a team that's looking ready to find a place to right. quit. Yeah, you know, I'm I, I was just surprised that um, I don't know just. The way their their physical demeanor on the field, you watched them, and um, their body language kind of gives away what's going on in their heads. But uh, all right, I, now is it time to break? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, I was a little bit short last time. I apologize. We'll take a break, and uh, we're gonna have uh, uh, Mike uh, Jeff Harding. Jeff Harding's in uh, in the locker room with us. The Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. We're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the Locker Room. And we welcome our brother and uh, our good friend Jeff Hardings, uh, former uh, Pittsburgh Steeler and Detroit Lion. Uh, Jeff, uh, how you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing great. What a privilege to be on here with you guys, and what a blessing. It's uh, great to hear that Pittsburgh music and hear you guys' voices. You know, Jeff, it's so special to be able to, in the aftermath of, you know, watching your career unfold for years. Tunch was talking about how he worked with you back years ago, and, you know, now as you've moved on in your life, uh, it's a special thing to really as three guys sitting back and look at each other and kind of go you know god's blessings have been good and yeah. uh it is and i know you got eight kids eight. and how's that going by the way <laughs> it's going man that's my life you know i was thinking about that today <laughs> i said that to myself this morning working out just thinking about life i said hey that's my life you know you got to deal with teenagers now you know our good friend um Pastor Ed Glover right. gave me advice 15 years ago. He said, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. <laughs> he, was ex- <laughs> he was exactly right. Not that my kids have any big, big problems, but, you know, it's just drama. You know, I think in the teenage world and in the mom world, they call it drama. Right. So dad gets drug into that a little bit, especially <laughs> when you're, you're, uh, you're involved on a daily basis pretty often. 
Um, but, you know, speaking of those old days, man, I, I think about that often. You're, I mean, you know, we're all getting older. Right. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm nearing 50, but you guys passed out not that long ago. But uh, No, we no, passed I, out I, a long time ago, we're, brother. We're, we're, we're 63. <laughs> hey, 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 Jeff. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so, but... Hey, hey, Jeff, um, when you were in Pittsburgh, you were working with Ed Glover and Urban Impact. What, you know, I, I, you, you, are, you are focused on ministry and uh, uh, tech, talking about Jesus to people. What are you doing now? You know what? Same thing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't mean to, you know, give a testimony or anything like that. But it's I, okay. I we can do that here. Yeah, you, know, you can, I, I you can, mm-hmm. you could do the testimony. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's just, I, I grew up obsessed with football and what I thought of that, that it would do for me. And, um, and God has just really kind of used that and transformed that and showed what I can do for others through football. And I think I've just kind of found a good niche that, you know, at urban impact, it was it was about inner city ministry right. through baseball programs and basketball programs and Pastor Ed can tell you I you know I always thought man there's got to be a way to do football and sometimes I even thought about getting involved with the Perry football team or or back then uh, the Oliver football team uh, I think it was called Oliver City Schools yeah and uh, they they don't even have football anymore but. You know, wanted to get involved in their football because, you know, when you're a football player, that's what you love doing. But when you love Jesus, you do whatever he calls you to do. Right. And he called me to do baseball. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so that's what I was doing. And um, But then I had a little bit of opportunity to go start coaching in Avonworth High School, high, uh, assistant coaching. And then we decided to move to Columbus, as you guys know, to be closer to family. And that was right. great. Got to spend the last couple of years of my dad's life with him and my mm. mom, same thing. So life has changed a lot for me in the last five years, but we're involved. You know, my in-laws are with us all the time. And, uh, and you know, I think God knew exactly what he was doing. I'm a head football coach at Worthington Christian High School. Beautiful. And when you talk about it being a ministry, God reminds me literally almost every single day that I'm probably while I'm watching football and thinking about football schemes, I think he puts in the back of my mind through the Holy Spirit that just remember this is a ministry. Right. You know, you, you, you're not going to always win, but you can always win people for Christ and you can always develop them as disciples of Christ. So that's what we do. That's what our, that's what our uh, mission is. That's what our focus is. And you guys know, um, uh, Ehrman, um, and his transformational coach, Joe Ehrman, yes, Joe Ehrman, Ehrman, yeah, coaching philosophy, and you guys introduced me to him, I think, and, yeah. Um, and I've I've followed that and just tried to get better and better. And my focus is on being the best transformational coach there is in America. And uh, obviously, there's a lot, um, but you know, just like I wanted to be the best center in the world, yeah. Right? I, you know, that's my, that's my focus now, and. I still wish that I could sweat and and uh, get the heart rate up and play football out there, um, but you know now I can coach and and um, and definitely at the ministry. You know, I got to tell you that that whole um, wish I could still it bite it's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that well, that left a few yet. years ago, brother. <laughs> Wolf, I'm not 65 yet. I mean, I remember when you 48, 50 years old, I probably went down to your gym and you were sparring with guys. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. Yeah, me and, me and Wolf were sparring. <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. But you know what? Yeah, that's right. You're Okay. Yeah, you're still way younger than we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, 
I, and believe me, there's days that I, I realize I'm like, man, when I'm in my 60s, I hope I can just get on a bike and ride a bike. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to lift every day uh, or, you know, every other day or whatever. Got to stay active. All the time. Yep. But it's hard to get rid of, the, you know, you love, you're kind of addicted to that adrenaline rush. Right. You know what I mean? That even with the sparring and the boxing, I do that like rarely, but still occasionally. And when you do, it's like, oh my goodness. I, I still got an eight year old guy. So I got an eight year old that I wrestle around with occasionally. And there you gets, go. That gets me on the floor. So, well, you can but. be like me the last time, <laughs> last time I sparred hard. I remember I knew the right was coming. I could see the right coming. I just couldn't get out of the way. <laughs> That's when you decide, heard, okay, it's I've time to be over. <laughs> yeah, I've heard you say that before. Exactly. I've my forehead in practices before, and I've, I injured my back last year in practices. I injured my hip the, the year before that. No. Um, when I start, you know, when I demonstrate things too aggressively. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun. It's funny. Now, Jeff, i got to ask you something because there's been a lot of talk lately about the Steelers and about physicality and about the running game. And one of the things I remember was back in uh, the run-up to Super Bowl Forty, you and I had a conversation, I believe it was. I think it was Super Bowl Forty, right? Right, then, right. Um, how you uh, you guys, towards the end of the season, the running game was stalling a little bit. You guys simplified the running game. I remember that there was, you know, there was the boss play and a few other plays, but really it was about working a certain amount of plays, a certain number of few plays against all the various uh, various fronts that you would see. What do you think about that? Is that when you think about that in 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 like looking at today's running game here in Pittsburgh? Does it is there any correlation? Man, I'll tell you what, the game has changed so much. But you're exactly right. I remember Indianapolis Colts game going in, and I think pretty much the second half it was all boss or base. And Mm -hmm. then coming up and calling it based on where Sanders came down. He was the safety, you guys remember? Yes, right. Bob Sanders. Really good safety. And and they really had a tough time stopping it, especially at the end of the game. Um, And we kind of lived and died on that. But that was Jerome Bettis, and that was Danny Kreider leading it, and that was Fanica polling. And, um, you know, some really good guys up front. I, I think I don't think it's relative that much to our Pittsburgh Steelers team today because our Pittsburgh Steelers team today doesn't have a fullback, or at least they have a fullback, but they don't use him. People have talked about using him, but it's just not the game. Um, you know, I think that right now the Steelers winding down this season, they're going to live and die, as you guys can see, on their on their short passing game, on their screens, and, Big Ben can still get rid of it for a 15-yard gain and can still go deep. But there's a reason why he gets – I watch it you know, I watch it on TV, and there's mm-hmm. a reason why he gets rid of the ball in 2.11 seconds and hasn't been sacked in 250 or maybe – if he got sacked the other day, maybe it's now once in the last 280 times dropping back because, you know, in two seconds you can't get to a guy. Um, but you, what I mean by live and die by that is, you know, up 10-3 to three or 7-3 to three Buffalo game, that guy jumped on that route, and he jumped on it because he's seen it fifty times in the in the uh, in the breakdown. Right. Um, and and but I think that they can uh, live on it personally. Myself, there. I, I think it's going to be tough to get good in the running game coming down the stretch because you only have so many plays. The reason why they're not good is because they got away with got away from it because of COVID nineteen issues. You know, with running backs not right. being in there, center not being in there. And obviously, you guys see it. I mean, some of those games, they were throwing the ball 50 times, and 30 of them were in, 
within the first five yards of the line of scrimmage, and that just kind of became their running game. So keep what, keep doing what you're going to – I say keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, obviously try to get better in the running game, but the reason why we were very good in the run game is because from training camp day one, you guys were too, training mm-hmm. camp day one until, you know, week. I can remember Cower saying in week three, you know, we haven't found our identity. We haven't found our identity yet. We've got to establish our identity. Well, what was he, he was saying was we're not physical on offense or defensive line yet, and until we do, we don't have our identity of we're a run game, ball control offense, and a punt is not a bad thing. Uh, I'm not sure if I can think of a team that is that is like that in the NFL anymore. Got to be a lot more dynamic. You know, Saban said a couple weeks ago, great defenses don't beat great offenses anymore. And um, so, you know, they got to keep doing what they're doing. And their identity is short passing game and protect Ben. And I think it's very smart because I'm not sure we got any chance without Ben being in the pocket. So Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff, you know, I, I'm I'm asking you, who inspired you uh, to follow Jesus? Luther Ellis. You guys know Luther Ellis. Yeah, yeah, I, I know um, Luther. Yeah, no doubt. I think you maybe maybe you worked with him, maybe not. Um, but you know, Bird Hill um, was just a great guy, and I know you you know Bert and and Luther Ellis. His behavior expired, inspired me because I was miserable uh, mm. being losing football games. You know, my, my happiness was relative to football, and I had won everywhere I had been, at least consistently. Won a state championship in high school, went 12-0 at Penn State. And even when you didn't, you know, win a championship, you were still uh, – your focus was the entire offseason on winning a, winning a national championship. And maybe – that went down the tubes when you were three and two with the second loss. But, you know, a few months later, you're back to the off season and focused on football. And I was focused on making it to the NFL. So I didn't think about God. When I first became a Christian, one of my first goals was to actually think about God every day. I'd put my head on the pillow and I, I would be like, I didn't even not even think about God. And this is like a month, two, two months, hmm. maybe six months into being a Christian. Um, I realized, like, I'm still not even thinking about you every day. What kind of Christian am I yet? Um, but Luther invited me to a Bible study, and I finally went. And The Bible was very real. I had never opened it up, read it for myself, even though I went to church every single Sunday of my childhood, like a lot of people. And, you know, now I read it, and the wisdom that I get from it and helps me in my behavior towards my wife, my kids, and, and, the, and the players on my football team um, never lets me down. You know, my my own behavior lets me down when I think for myself. But <laughs> God never lets me down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's unfortunate how how human we are, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Jeff. I you know I I, I uh, enjoyed so much fellowship with you and so much locking of arms. Man. Amen to that. I miss you guys. The, the definitely the number one thing I miss about being in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers are number two. The number one is the fellowship with Leo Wisniewski, you, um, you guys, um, you know, being able to be a guest on your show, being able to be involved in the Steelers on a week-to-week basis, uh, coming down to the games. Obviously, that would be different. Um, but being able to come to churches and speak in churches and do events with you guys, bringing men, like you said, locking arms with men and uh, and uh, with guys like you, uh, you know, that's what life is about, relationships. 
and and um, and it's even better, and, and it's at its best when it's fellowship as Christians. Jeff, how is how has um, the COVID thing changed how you approach? Maybe or or has it changed um, in reaching out to those around you? Because there's a lot of people struggling now. There's a lot of people who are hurting now. There's a lot of people who've been through you know some issues that. Uh, whether it's COVID inspired or, or the, the loneliness and so forth, um, it makes you more aware of the suffering round about you. Does it not? No doubt about it. So in the, in the month of May, you know, we didn't see our kids at all. I, I, I was almost kind of depressed myself hmm. stuck in a house and there was positives from it. No doubt about it, but not being able to, you know, have that relationship with coaches and players and, for me, that's what it is. And being right. in the school as a substitute teacher, it's different for everybody. For some people, it was being in the office building, but I still think that's important. Um, and then coming back out of that in June and July, man, our kids, we've never had a better summer of workouts. Our kids were so <laughs> excited. I feel like just, I don't even know if they realized it consciously, but subconsciously, there was just an energy that I had never been around in the months of June and July. And then, um, you know, recently, our school is still going to school, but but it is very tenuous on a day-to-day basis, right. obviously, with so much COVID going around. And um, I, I said to a coach yesterday, because our rules have gotten more strict, and I said, our number one goal at all costs, we cannot get locked out of this weight room. We have to be – you can't – I'm not going to say you can't, you, you know, Tunch and Wolf. You guys know that God will find a way. Right. But it's very difficult to do ministry when you're not – you know, like like uh, Tun said, locking arms with them, and you're not seeing them on a day to day basis, right? And wa- you know, weightlifting with them, and um, and just you know, if life is about relationships, God obviously uh, uh, designed that. Um, then, when all of a sudden you can't really have relationships with people, and you know, you think here's the other thing that that um, you know, I'm you guys may have thought of. Most of these kids are either single. Uh, they don't even have, they're, they're the, an only child, or maybe they have a brother or a sister, um, and they don't relate that much to them um, because there may be an age difference or just, a, a, just you know, a male-female difference. And so they're at home alone. That's what I noticed a lot during yeah. COVID is that these yeah. kids are just hanging out at home alone. Well, obviously, you know they're on their phones, and, and you don't even need to get me started on that because right. that's not relationships. I mean, relationships with somebody a 1,000 or in China or Europe, you know, some of these social media people that they're they're in relationship with, that's what they think. That's not a relationship. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that there's a vac- vaccine. I'm yeah. hopeful that within a couple months, even the public schools are going to get back in school. I, I think they way underestimated um, the what I call the parallel pandemic of all these kids not being in school. Um, I don't even know how much time you have, but I can tell you, my son Malachi is, is in second grade. He's in school. He struggled mightily reading in the summer, and now I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading chapters of the Bible with him, and he can read coherently. I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know if he's understanding everything, but he can read a sentence and pause, and Beautiful. he's doing his math and all of that stuff. And it breaks my heart to think about how many kids are not in school and basically just fell a year a year behind and. So I'm trying to get involved in those kind of things. This football ministry is is pretty full time, uh, as well as like the school at Worthington Christian. But I loved working at Urban Impact. I still talk and support uh, Urban Impact and play ball for kids and and um, 
And, you know, they're working like crazy in the inner city. Um, and that's a great organization. I know you guys talk about them all the time. But right. I think it's a great, a great organization that was prepared to deal with this pandemic on the north side of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And the reason why is they have over 20 missionaries living there. And yeah. uh, that's unique about that ministry. That's why I got involved. That's why I still support missionaries that are living there. I admire them. And they're taking kids into their homes. And they, they have, uh, I forget what they call mobile school rooms or classrooms, I think. Um, and, you know, kids are coming into those classrooms and still being able to do their schoolwork. Um, so uh, that's a long answer. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. But you know what, Jeff? We love the fact you're a difference maker. Yeah, you yeah. pour life into other lives, and we thank you for that. Yeah, brother. we love we love you. you, buddy. We love you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Yeah, thank you for joining us. All right. My pleasure. My blessing. I'm praying for you, Tunch. I'm playing, praying for you, Wolf. Thank, thank you, brother. Thank we you. pray love for you. you. Thank love you. Love you guys. All love right. You. Take care, man. All right. Appreciate uh, you. We're going to be back. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. Well, I never been to Spain, but I kind of like the music. See, the ladies are insane there, and they sure know how to use it. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. That's the first I've heard of that. Um, you know, these are professional players. These guys are motivated each and every week. Sometimes they say things in an effort to <clears throat> provide, you know, a, a vision of motivation and things of that nature. But I doubt, um, knowing the, the group that coaches that team, Sean McDermott, I'm sure that they, they were motivated in all the proper ways and, and that had very little relevance in terms of how the game was uh, played. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, we're back. No, you're you're snoring. Oh, I'm sorry. The music was just so inspiring. That's the... It's Three Dog Night. (laughs) Midnight Midnight Rider. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I must have missed that that hit. Well, that was back in what the the forties. Yeah, no, that was in the sixties. <laughs> you sure it wasn't in the forties? No, it was not not in the forties. And so uh, maybe yeah. the thirties. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. Mike Tomlin was talking about uh, yes. uh, the uh, uh, the Sean McDermott and and the well, Buffalo ta- Bills. Right, and he was talking about I believe it was Juju. Yeah. And the fact that was that Jacob was that the the clip about Juju? Okay, he was talking about Juju and his uh, you know dancing on the logos before the game, and 
You know what? It really, he he didn't sound like he knew about it. No, he. I'm not sure that. The, I just, think he did. I think it was plausible denial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the fact is, the point I guess that he make is, uh, you know, you look at this and you go, I, I don't know why it's important to Juju to do it. I understand you want to be yourself. Gary Dunn wanted to be himself when he did the crank and he punched Steve Grogan accidentally <laughs> at the sack. When he's, when he's doing a windmill, yeah. Grogan sat up and he punched him, yeah. precipitating a brawl right. on the field. Um, you know, these things can happen. Yes. Uh, James Conner actually helped to avoid a confrontation in Dallas when Juju was going to go do his thing on the star. Uh, maybe, just maybe, it's something that you could, I don't know, find some other way to do. But anyhow, uh, Juju says he will be Juju. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phone. All right, go John in Cincinnati. John in Cincinnati, welcome to the locker room, bro. Punch, woof, boo. What's happening, brother? Hey, yeah, how boy, you doing, pound cake? Bud, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey, man, God is good. I'm great. I feel good. And matter of fact, I'm uh, not only jubilant, I'm jubilant, brother. He's for Jesus, man. Uh, there yeah. you go. Uh, yeah. It is a great yes, day, bro. Uh, so how you doing? Uh, how you doing, bro? Yeah, man. I'm doing great. Uh, back uh, back uh, home in the ho- uh, for the holidays. Thankful. Got a little cold here. Uh, but I'm I'm just blessed, man, to be back in the United States. A uh, little frustrated. Our boys lost two in a row. I found that out right. a couple days afterwards. But, but hey. You know, we're not going to win them all, but it's all good. In the, in the, it's all good. Yes, hey, sir. Hey, John, I, I talked to uh, Greg Washington, Pete Toten, and Chris Hicks. Yes, yes. Now, does I, this I, make – oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait. That. Does this make this an official Indiana State alumni party because there's you, <laughs> Brew, and there's Tunch, and, and three guys he referenced that you guys played with? I, I take it. Absolutely. This is a reunion. It's a reunion party of ISU. <laughs> go blue, baby. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now you said you said you just got back into the states. Did you go out? Go somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We're still just still finished trying to finish this project up in Guatemala. Yeah, uh, finishing that project up, uh, anticipating being done. Uh, Probably uh, uh, about the middle of January. Oh, Doing wow. business and missionary. Business and missionary. Wow. So it's been a blessing, man. Wow. Blessing, blessing, blessing by God, man. Uh, cool. I, know, I was just listening to you all talk to Jeff Harding. And, uh, yeah, uh, man, God works, brother. Yeah. He works, boy. When you, you give it to him, he works, man. So, yeah, uh, it's good to be back. And uh, uh, just a great time uh, with people that are hungry for uh, for the truth. And it's a, it's a blessing, brother. Amen. That's great. Blessing. Now, where's the pound cake, yeah. bro? <laughs> For the folks that don't yeah. know, he is the purveyor of the most fabulous pound cake I've ever eaten in my life. And by the, by the way, my kids were going, you know, the last time they're going, Dad, you ate the last of that pound cake. I was like, going, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, last time I got that to you, pretty camp last year. We couldn't hook up until the very end, but we, I got it to you, brother. But but you know what? It was delivered. Yeah. It was delivered, baby. <laughs> and he he heard his back. Uh... Yeah, it was it was consumed. That thing is really a pound cake. <laughs> oh, there's no question about it. No question about it. Hey, man. 
Uh, I tell you what, uh, we got some uh, this uh, this uh, Monday night down here, correct? Yes. In Cincinnati. Yeah, but I we won't you, we won't be I there. No, you, we won't be there though, yeah, brother. We, uh, we we're don't, not traveling. The, they, none of the broadcast teams are traveling. They don't take us uh, oh, okay. to the the. Um, we we do it in the cafeteria. We do it in the cafeteria. Mm. Well, that'd be perfect then. I'll bring you. I'll get it up to you. So when you have the game on Monday night, you can eat it in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're fabulous, bro. Appreciate oh, you, brother. I I love you, John. Yes, sir. Yeah, t- touch Wolf. Love both of you. God bless you. As you well know, uh, I've got folks all over the world praying for you, Tunch. Yeah. And, uh, thank hey, brother, you. Nothing wrong with being first, brother. And you're going to be the first one of all time. You watch how God works, brother. I guarantee you. Thank yes, you. Sir. Thank He's you, great. bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you, brother. All right. All right. All right, brothers. Y'all take care. Wolf, love you. And love you, brother, man. Well, you right, bet right. you we'll see you down the road somewhere. Yeah. You got it, for sure. All right. All right. Take care. Right. You know, the 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 going into Cincinnati, um, again, you know, they're 210 and 1. They're yeah. really struggling, you know, without Joe Burrows. Uh, they got Brandon Allen at yeah. quarterback. They're. Um, they're, they're Geno Atkins, they're down on the defense. So you look at their, their defense, um, the body language of their offense and defensive groups, it just, it, it tells you they're, they're in the pit of misery, dilly dilly, you yeah. know? So this is in my book again. And, uh, Jeff, I, I loved how Jeff really was pointing out saying, you know, you're, you got to live and die with the, right. the, the, the short passing game. I, I, I still believe you can get some fullback work in there. That's just something yeah. that, um, uh, I think you've got to develop, and you 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 can't develop it unless you put a little effort into it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I get what Jeff's saying, and he's got a great perspective as also being of the coaching mindset that uh, you know it's very difficult to install this late in the year. But like you said, he you know they they train they were you know building their run game from training camp on. So. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know how you don't have a running game at yeah. some point in time. Yeah. You know because. It's it's always been. You know, Brew was an offensive lineman. Yes, he was. He was a guard. I remember. Yeah. I remember that. And the fact is, uh, you know, did when, did you? How many years did you play with him? No, I, he, he was he, older than you. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, um, I didn't play with him. Okay, uh, he was a senior when I came in. Uh, okay, you know, so so he was on. He was heading out. He was graduating. Uh, he was uh, graduating. So, something that I didn't know yeah, about. Yeah, he was a. <laughs> He was a great guy, and he, he, yeah, he coached still is me. A great guy. He coached me uh, my second year. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Very good. So uh, let's go. To, uh, I think we're gonna. Get, wait a minute. We got a break. Yes. Okay. Okay. So officially, I know we got a break because I heard it that time. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're uh, sharp today. Yeah, uh, sharp as a bowling ball. More sharp as a bowling ball. That's right. We're gonna take a break. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and uh, we would uh, we'll be back after this.
Bottom line is they were the more physical football team. Um, it could be highlighted in terms of their front and our inability to, to run the ball, but just in general, I, I thought in all elements of, of play, they were the more physical group. Now, they're a physical football team in general, and so they're capable of that. But but for us, um, you know, regardless of circumstance, we don't want to make that comment. Uh, but that comment is true as it pertains to that matchup. And so, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, be accountable to that, and we are. Uh, we got to make sure that, that we're not saying that moving forward. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So Mike Tomlin is saying uh, the Buffalo Bills were more physical than they were. And, uh, you know, he he doesn't like to admit it. Who does? I yeah. mean, if you're a football coach, yeah. if you're a player, who wants to admit that? Yeah, yeah that other team was more physical than yeah. we were. Yeah. So that's obviously something. That's a big bozo no-no. Right, right. But you've got the opportunity to turn it around. Turning around begins in Cincinnati on Monday night. Yeah. And the establishment of uh, a physical style of play will begin, I think, you got to go right Wednesday. from the get-go. Yeah. Well, when I say the get-go, I'm talking about the game, though, and I'm, yeah. I think back to Tyler Medikevich sending a message when he tackled Ray-Ray McLeod at the 10-yard right. line in the opening kickoff. And that was, that was really – about like, uh, hello, welcome to Buffalo. Right. You know, and especially delivered by a former Steeler. Right. So, having said that, uh, I believe we got a couple of callers, and let's finish up. Let's go to uh, um, Mike in Georgia. Mike, welcome to the locker room. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Mike in Georgia here. Like I said, uh, great conversations this morning. I wanted to uh, call in yesterday to point out the significance of yesterday in Steelers history the last game ever at Three Rivers Stadium oh. where I was able to attend the game and afterwards ran into Mike Merriweather and Craig Bingham out in the parking lot with mm-hmm. my friend and were adopted and became Mike's cousins and got into the party after the game there at the stadium. <laughs> it's funny how those relationships I, suddenly develop, don't they? Oh, my goodness. I got to meet. I am a Steelers fan from the age of nine in 1972. I became aware of football when we drafted a man named Frank O'Harris. Right. Who I thought his name was Frank O'Harris <laughs> as, as a child. <laughs> That's awesome. This is a first. In all my years, I've never heard anyone refer to him as Frank O'Harris. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to understand how he had an Italian army with a name like that. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up, Craig, in Rochester, New York. Now, oh, yeah. your hometown of Buffalo, yes. New York. So it was obviously in that time tough to watch a Steelers game when the juice was running loose in Buffalo. Right. But at any rate, I got to meet my legends of the game in a bar atmosphere where I drank a beer with Myron Cope. Really? Where I bummed cigarettes for Dwight White. <laughs> I, Tunch, I have your autograph on the seat cushion that I brought around because Larry Brown wanted to borrow my Sharpie to get that big print that they gave to you guys yeah. autographed. So I followed around with Larry Brown, and whoever signed his <laughs> had to sign mine. <laughs> I have 22 different autographs on that seat cushion. That's oh, so cool. Wow. I, shook hands, I shook hands with Chuck Knoll, Lynn Swan, Bill Cower, uh, 
Jack Delaplane, Joe oh. Gillum. I mean, you want to drop some names? I could drop names with you guys. That is long. so cool, man. That's so it cool. It was the best. Me and my friends still uh, are in contact every now and again with Mike, Mike Merriweather, and I cannot thank him enough for getting us in there. I was. It is a day that I will remember the rest of my life, obviously. I am a huge Steelers fan. My living room is a shrine. I would love to share cool. some pictures with you guys, but I don't really have an email address or anything like that where I can share some pictures with you Appreciate guys. it, but it doesn't really work on radio either. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> but it was just for your, for, for your entertainment, your guys. That's you awesome. So well. who, who was the I one had... guy that stunned you when you met him? Who, who really, like, you went, whoa. Oh, they all did. But, I mean, I talked with Frenchie Fuqua, at his poster board about the immaculate reception for about 20 minutes. Mm. That was fun. Uh, they tried to throw me out when I was talking to Kevin Green about his wrestling career. <laughs> and that's when <laughs> when Mike Merriweather came over and saved the day and got us to, to say it. And if you remember that day, it was rainy. Yeah. yeah. We were there as fans. We were soaking wet. We had face paint. We, we, are, we, we, we made... The trip. I was living on Long Island at the time, and I would pick up my friend Candace in Manhattan, and we would we drove to maybe two or three games that year. No and kidding. And we'd stay over at the Sheraton and Station Square. Well, my family is from is from Pittsburgh, so and so is hers. So we would go back and we would catch the games. And That's awesome. Obviously, they were not shutting down Three Rivers without us. I went back and rewatched the game on YouTube the other night and watched the ceremony, and it was just a Brought tears to my eyes again. Yeah, so, uh, yeah that it was Three that. Rivers was special. Yeah, yeah, it was very special. Well, we walked across the uh, bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, it was it was like like I said, I it, you can't really remember where we were watching all that going on, but we were there, and then like I said, we were heading back to the boat launch to go back across the rivers. And I saw Mike Merriweather and Greg Bingham standing there in the parking lot. And I said to my friend, I said, I can't believe we walked past Mike Merriweather and all you had for him was hello. <laughs> so yeah. he goes running back up the ramp. And uh, five minutes later, <laughs> here we're getting into the pie. I mean, they wanted to take us to dinner. Yeah, they're great but, guys. Uh, they're great guys. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. Like I Beautiful. said, it was, it was a day. Like, I didn't hear anybody mention I was trying to get on yesterday, but... Uh, Thank you for the memory, though. I live in Ackworth, Georgia now, and my mother, who is 89 years old, lives with me, and I had to take her to get her hair done yesterday, and her appointment was right in the middle, in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are a devoted son. Kudos to you. That's awesome. Kudos to you. No doubt about it, brother. Thank you, and I appreciate the time. Uh, I've been a long-time listener. Uh, CR, I hope this makes me the uh, the Ouija Thompson now of the uh, Baker's Dirty Dozen, number 87, I hope. I like and, that. Uh, Very nice. I, I, hopefully I will uh, call in again, and we will talk and again about this year. Again. Thank go you, back brother. And appreciate watch it. That, go back and watch that game against the Redskins. I will have you to. Will see. You will see. Jerome Bettis was bottled up in the first half of that game, had like 26 yards in the first half. Mm -hmm. They kept at it. They kept at it. They kept at it at the end of the game. He had a 25 carries for 104 yards. And Richard Huntley was the beneficiary. He had two 
two touchdown runs on that in that game, one of 33 yards. So I'm with you guys. They got to get down in the three-point stance. If Ben is back in the shotgun the entire time, there is absolutely no way you're getting push off the offensive line to open any kind of holes. I could see James Conner's frustration. He gets healthy. He gets back in there. And the next thing you know, Jalen's in there for a series or two. If James is your bell cow running back, you have to get him 20 to 25 carries a game. Even Derrick Henry ain't getting 100 yards on nine carries a game. Sorry, guys. It ain't going to happen. That's true. you got a bell cow. You've got to be committed to running your guy. Like Bill Cower said, who do you, oh God, who did he say? About, oh, I'm going to run Willie Parker till the wheels fall. Yeah, off. exactly. And he did, and he did, but <laughs> but it was effective. It and was that's the thing. There were two different times in this last game in the in the against the Bills in the third and fourth quarters where we got the ball with like ten minutes to go, and I'm like, "Where's the bus? A nine minute drive here would salt this game away." And we come away winners. Beautiful. And we couldn't get it done. Brother, we, we got to run because we got right one more person we want to get on here, okay? All right, yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank you back, for the call, guys. man. All Thank right, you so Mike. much. We'll yeah. talk to you. All right, uh, two minutes. Dude, yeah, uh, we got you got enough time Rick, to get the caller in? Rick, Dayton, come on, Ohio. let's get him in. Rick in Dayton, Ohio. How you hey, doing, I'm Rick? here, and I'll, I'll be really – Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. Uh, by the way, I wanted to say we made the touchdown turkey burgers for dinner last night. All right. They were outstanding, uh, and we've actually enjoyed the, the Giant Eagle videos on Steelers.com. And, of course, nothing's more festive than watching, you know, Wolf eat. So that's a really great thing over <laughs> yeah. the holidays. Yeah, I slobbered but, all over myself, but it was a good good time eating, let me tell you. Absolutely. It looks great. And they were delicious. Hey, the, uh, real quickly, I had another question. I'll save it for another call. But my, my question is, my two daughters, who are both in their 20s and one of them 30, actually, every every Christmas time, they loved watching the Dick LeBeau Night Before Christmas oh, yeah. video on Steelers.com. That was fantastic. And, and my oldest daughter has a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter who she'd like to have her watch that. And I was curious if you guys knew whether they were going to be posting that back on Steelers.com this year. I don't know, but when we see uh, one of the guys, we will mention that to right. him. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Look, yeah. On, look on Steelers.com. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, All keep right. an eye. You guys have a great day. All Thank right, you so Rick, much, brother. Appreciate God bless you. you, buddy. Merry Christmas. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. Yeah. yeah before you go, you might want to wait around to the end of the show here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, uh, tomorrow it's uh, Friday, and scouting. we got the big G scouting. Yes, we got scouting day, and right. Bruce Gradkowski will be on. All right. Yeah, so, all right. hey, come on back tomorrow. It's Tunch and Wolf in the locker room, and we will be back tomorrow. Thanks.